Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite Rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. What the hell is going on at that infamous illegal international border crossing, otherwise known as Roxham Road in Quebec? Alexa Lavoie paid a visit, and what she discovered is downright disturbing. Speaking of disturbing, check out the story of City of Toronto custodian Curtis Wilson. He was suspended without pay for, yeah, you guessed it, not getting the COVID-19 jabs. And even worse, his superiors told him if he were to drop by his workplace, he'd be charged with trespassing. But technically, Mr. Wilson is still an employee. What the... Lincoln J will drop by with all the nitty gritty details and letters. We get your letters. We get your letters every minute of every day. And you had plenty to say about Peel region shamefully using an unauthorized version of the Cape Crusader to promote the COVID-19 vaccine to the small fry set. Holy indoctrination, Batman. Those are your rebels. Now let's round them up. Welcome to Roxanne Road, an 8-kilometer road in Quebec near the border separating the United States and Canada. A road where it is illegal to cross. Since 2017, due to Trump administration threat of deportation, more than 50,000 people have crossed this path to claim asylum in Canada. But now, with the Biden administration in charge of United States, what can they be possibly be fleeing? We investigated and it was very difficult to get clothes, surveillance, security and even intimidation. What is going on in this location? What do they all have to hide? An obscure place where a lot of things are going on, all paid for by the taxpayer. And all this under high surveillance. Wow, doesn't that interaction Alexa had with the police tell you all you really need to know about the border disgrace that is Roxham Road? After all, Alexa is a tax-paying, law-abiding journalist simply doing her job, and she is given the bums rush. But if you are an illegal alien, well, the RCMP turn into the Royal Canadian Bellhop Police and carry their bags as they get them onto a coach to make sure they get three square meals a day. Oh, and by the way, folks, you are picking up the tab for Club Roxham Road. How does that sit with you? And joining me now is our Quebec City-based reporter, Alexa Lavoie. Bonjour, Alexa. Bonjour. So, Alexa, <laughs> thank you. So, Alexa, so many things to unpack here. But first of all, 
I can't get across the Canadian-U.S. border, whether it's trains, planes, or automobiles. I'm mm -hmm. not vaxxed, so I am a second-class citizen, as I am potentially a modern-day typhoid Mary. But here we have people being welcomed into Quebec from New York State, and God knows who they are and what their medical history is. Alexa, why is this grotesque double standard, especially during a pandemic, being tolerated? For me, I just find that it's very really unfair. They come here in Canada. First of all, we encourage the illegal way instead of the legal way. So they come here. They don't need to prove double vaccination uh, vax. Um, they don't need to have a negative PCR test because they supposedly do it when they arrive. But um, LCN just find out that some people were coming from Africa where the supposedly Omicron is coming from. Yes. And they enter without any proof and um, that doesn't alert anybody. So are we in the pandemic or I miss a part of the story? It, it, Alexa, that's a very good point because you know, the architect of this disaster in terms of our porous border is, of course, Justin Trudeau. Years ago, he sent out on Twitter, hashtag welcome to Canada. And sure enough, the flood began. Here's the thing. Even if you were a liberal that believed in open borders and the resettling of migrants and refugees, etc., couldn't you use the pandemic to at least put this program on pause. What I'm saying, Alexa, is that we want to accommodate you, but because of COVID, because of these extraordinary medical circumstances, because we're living in a pandemic, we got to put up a fence and we got to cut this off until this pandemic is over. Why can't they do that? Huh. <laughs> Probably because when they come uh, in Canada, uh, they will respect the rule because they are under the government probably for a certain time. So um, it's good to have some people who will respect everything and like uh, walk really straight as uh, Mr. Trudeau won. But um, I, it, for, for myself, it's like one vote more. <laughs> Yeah. It's what I think. And um, as well, for me, it's like I will cut that out until, yeah, er until everything is over. But I understand that some people are really in a rush to to do some, Im like, uh, mig immigration. Uh, I'm not saying that some people are, are not in need, but most of them that I saw, it was not really urgent. And especially they were looking like, pretty wealthy, like with like nice luggage and everything. I was like, what are you really like, um, like uh, avoiding like a word somewhere? But I'm not thinking that is the case. And US is a good country since like, uh, I, I remember in the 2017, they were like, um, uh, uh, they were scared to be deported by uh, Trump administration, but Biden is not against it. So. I, I just don't understand. 
No, the, these are excellent points you raise, uh, Alexa. And uh, first of all, I agree with you. Um, if someone's coming across the border with Gucci luggage, I don't think they are someone fleeing from their lives from some war-torn country where they are, where you know, they're targeted uh, for incarceration or death even. So there's that factor. As you said, the U.S. is not some totalitarian regime, especially now with Biden. He's completely opened the southern border with Mexico. That's turned into a disgrace. Um, so what my theory is, Alexa, is that the Justin Trudeau liberals still want these people to be coming into Canada because there's a, un, an unspoken quid pro quo arrangement here. You come in when you get your Canadian citizenship, you remember to vote for Team Red every four years. It's the Liberal government that this, did this to you, and it's all about building a, uh, a more massive voting base. That's my theory. What do you think? It's actually what I say. It's like one more vote. Every people who enter, they will, they will be a, a really great citizen following the rule, the rule that Mr. Trudeau put in place, and they will vote red, of course. Yeah. So, so much for the pandemic being the be-all and end-all of all these emergency measures acts. Uh, when it comes to some political shenanigans, we can put um, the pandemic on the back burner. Another thing I want to ask you, Alexa, I don't know if you had a chance to ask any of the police officers there, but, the, the you know, the procedure is, as they're about to uh, cross the border, the, the police say, if you cross that line, you're going to be under arrest. And they cross because they want to be under arrest. That's how the process starts moving. The thing that gets me is that once you're under arrest, you are supposed to be handcuffed. I mean, speaking personally, I've been under arrest several times in the last couple of years for political reasons and thought crimes, for God's sakes. And I'm cuffed tightly before my candy ass is shoved in a police cruiser. Why aren't these people who are under arrest handcuffed too? So they were on, like, they crossed the line and they say, okay, you are now under arrest because you crossed illegally into Canada. So I wait and I wait and I wait. And I was like, it's been 15 minutes. I cannot see inside because all the window is covered by paper. So it's all hiding. But the, when we saw them going out, they put their luggage, they don't touch their luggage. They put their luggage in a, a car and they, they bring them to another car, yeah. but no handcuff, nothing. They, and I was like, they are not going to a jail or a police station. They are going to Saint Bernard Hotel or the quarantine like place that the men at the quarantine place say that they don't stay two weeks. They say, they stay a couple of days only. Yeah. So what happened with the quarantine there? Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either, Alexa. I, I think whether they're going to a holding cell or the Club Ritz Hotel, um, once you're under arrest, you're under arrest, and the procedure is you have to be handcuffed. One last question. It's this, um, Alexa. I found it somewhat disturbing that the security guards you interacted with the police officers you interacted with, they didn't seem to understand the law. They were saying, you're not allowed to videotape me. 
And no, I'm sorry, officer. And no, I'm sorry, Mr. Paul Blart. Uh, yes, we are allowed on a public place to videotape you. So if they don't even know the basic law regarding, you know, their images being captured on a camera, how can we trust they know the law when it comes to refugee policy? I think they, they understand only what they want to understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic. But uh, most of them, they were like, stop filming. You have no right to film my face. I was like, yeah, I have uh, all my right to film you. I'm sorry. But some people were intimidate us. Uh, we didn't see it in, in the report. But we parked our car in the other side of the street. And one car was stay, like staying behind us. So after 10 minutes, it was there. It was a black car. I went out, starting to walk toward him, and he was driving back forwards, and he was just staying. And more I came in back to my car, he was coming, coming back to me. I was like, why, why are you intimidate us? staying there with your black car. I was like, I'm not scared. <laughs> Just yeah. like, I find that more funny. <laughs> yeah, indeed, and they're filming you, which they say yeah. you can't film them, yeah. so the hypocrisy is there. We gotta wrap it, Alexa. I think if the Liberal Party of Canada needs a new slogan, it's probably this. Welcome to Canada, penalizing the makers rewarding the takers, because that's what we see going on on a daily basis at Roxham Road, and it's a bloody disgrace. Alexa, it was yep. an excellent report. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Bye-bye. And folks, that was Alexa Lavoie in Quebec City. Keep it here. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Effective October 30th, it will be mandatory for all City of Toronto employees to have received both doses of a COVID-19 vaccine. This gives people the required time to get the two doses. This is about ensuring that the City of Toronto, your municipal government, funded with your tax dollars, which serves you, is doing everything it can to encourage vaccination and to protect our workers. So it's my fifth year working for the City Parks and Forestry Department. Right now, I'm a custodian here at Palmo Park Community Center. I am by myself. I come, open it up, sit here by myself all day, do a bit of cleaning, close up and leave. I don't see anybody. So the suspension process has started, been locked out of my work, six weeks to become fully vaccinated, which I will not comply. We're going to see what happens because after that six weeks, I've officially lost my job. Free choice? <laughs> what a concept. Oh, poor Mr. Wilson. He must think we're living in, you know, a democracy as opposed to a banana republic. Actually, check that. We don't grow bananas in Canada, so let's call our dominion a maple syrup republic. Because that's, that's what it is, folks, with these so-called emergency orders. We now live in a day and age of apartheid 2.0 where one is legally discriminated against, not based on skin color, but rather COVID-19 vaccination status. Sad and infuriating. And joining me now for more on yet another terrible tale of coercion 
is Lincoln J. So, Lincoln, um, as you referred in your video about a year ago, the likes of a Mr. Wilson going to work when everybody was staying at home, he's a frontline hero. Yeah. Now, frontline zero. Explain. Yeah, it's uh, like we're seeing in different sectors, people that, you know, it was it was deemed safe for them to go to work all through the pandemic, no problem. You know, they were glorified as heroes, frontline heroes, you know, really uh, putting it all out there for, you know, doing their job, performing their job in such a dangerous time as this pandemic. And all of a sudden, vaccine comes around, vaccine mandates are being pushed, yeah. vaccine, 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 everything. And these people are coincidentally no longer safe to work. Indeed, it's what have you done for me lately? And uh, we've talked about this before in the past, those old chestnuts, especially that the left embraced, reasonable accommodation, my body, my choice. Uh, do they only apply to things other than COVID-19 uh, vaccination status or have they just suddenly gone out of fashion? It's, I just, like I like we've said on previous roundups, none of this makes sense. It's all <laughs> unbelievable. The fact that uh, if you've seen if you've seen the video, you know Curtis's job, he's really by himself. You know he's yes, there's he, really nothing going on. He's not around tons of people. You know he, he's pretty much isolated for his whole job. So you think that at the very least that they would provide some sort of accommodation, such as rapid testing or. Uh, some sort of testing, some sort of alternative, so that he's not just left out to dry, like we're seeing with so many other people. This is the frustrating thing. He is not in a long-term care facility attending to elderly people that might have some kind of medical ailment. He is working virtually by himself all day. Lincoln, it reminds me of a subway uh, driver uh, reached out to me uh, for 98% of his day he is in, entombed in that little driver's box driving the subway train he has no interaction with other staff with the passengers why is this why is there this coercion to get people jabbed when they don't even interact with other people this is madness you know it's at this point the only real explanation for any of this is they just at all costs, they want everybody to get this vaccine. They want to coerce people to get the vaccine. They want these threats and to, you know, just dangle their lives over their heads. Uh, just at all, just basically pushing this vaccine at all costs. With, there's just no dignity. There's no room. There's just there's no room for alternatives. Everything is just so so strange. You know. It's funny. Uh, one of the elements you touch on in the video, uh, Lincoln, is that Mr. Wilson is told uh, if you dare have the temerity to show up for work in the wee hours of the morning, uh, you'll be charged with trespassing. But wait a minute. He's suspended with pay. He's not terminated. He's still technically an employee. Why this added level of, I'm looking for the right word, vindictiveness? Why is that being applied to uh, Mr. Wilson? Who knows? You know, I think it stems from the top down. The city of Toronto has just put such a uh, emphasis on getting all their workers vaccinated. It's like they all want to. It's like, you know, these sectors, the the government, they want to reach this whole like 100 percent 
you know, vaccination status, everyone working in each sector, 100% vaccinated, and they're they're trying to achieve that at all costs. Oh, it's not just the city workers. I mean, uh, Lincoln, going back about two weeks ago, you had uh, Mayor John Tory doing a presser introducing Pokeroo uh, from the children's show Polka.Door to get kids 5 to 11 vaccinated. By the way, that was so stupid, I thought. Um, Polka.Door went off the air in 1993. Um, nobody in that age demographic grew up with Pokeroo, but that's how John Tory rolls. He's such a disgrace. But this mindset that it's almost so, as though if a single person falls through the net and doesn't get double jabbed, and now they're talking triple jabbed, um, then that's a threat to society. Are you buying that? <laughs> it's, you, you made a good point. We're coming up. And right now, you know, we're hearing the whispers about a third dose. Oh, yeah. There's even whispers about a fourth dose and stuff. So I think we're hitting kind of a turning point where a lot of people who thought, you know, I'll get two shots, whatever, let's get on with life. You know, people, there's going to be a lot of people uh, coming forward and thinking and saying that, you know, this is not what I signed up for. I thought we were going to get back to normal with this and uh, we're going to be hitting a strange turning point. And Curtis is just an example of somebody who, you know, is just standing for what he believes in. He knows kind of what's coming. And uh, unfortunately, most people, it seems, aren't able to have that willpower. Like if, like in the video, he says that a lot of his coworkers who, uh, who were standing with him and had the same mindset as him, they ultimately, they just didn't know what to do. And they had, they got scared and they panicked. They got, they have a roof to put over their heads and they just said, I got to do it. Yeah. And also the way they're treated, I, I mentioned earlier, we're going to charge you with trespassing a good worker like Mr. Wilson. And then he goes to the, uh, that rec facility and they changed the locks on him. Like he was a vagrant or a vandal trying to break in and uh, do harm. You know, Lincoln, I wonder how much the city of Toronto is spending on new locks to keep their own workers out of their workplaces. Yeah, so when we, when we, Curtis first reached out to us, though, you know, he wasn't, he had an idea, but he wasn't exactly sure what was going to happen because yeah. he basically didn't, he wasn't accepting uh, the, what they were handing down to him as far as the suspension, you know, so he said, I was just going to, he's just going to show up and see, uh, see what happens, you know, and he kind of had the idea that the locks are going to be changed. And as you saw, we we basically we did that report. We showed up for his first shift on suspension. And uh, as you saw in the video, the doors, the locks were changed. So there's <sighs> no way of getting in. And of course, no help from his union, I imagine. That seems to be a standard procedure. The union reps, yeah. right? So they're sending in union reps to you know, represent these people like Curtis that are in this tough situation uh, being unvaccinated or not disclosing their vaccination status. But the union reps that are representing them are all vaccinated themselves. So yeah. there's, it's not, there's not really a, a fair playing field. But, you know, in fairness, Lincoln, I mean, I have come across people, they have the double jabs, but they speak out for the unvaccinated. They say, this is not right. This, there should be a choice. However, I think with the unions, right across the board, with very few exceptions, they're all in with management. They believe in, you know, uh, coercion for the double jabbing. If I'm a guy like uh, Mr. Wilson, I'm saying, hey, what the hell am I paying my union dues for? Yeah, I think, honestly, it would, it, we'll, never, we'll never really know, but... Wouldn't it be great to know how many people are just following orders and and really it would be nice to know how many people don't agree with this. You know, they're just basically going along 
following orders just so that they can continue to receive a paycheck, yeah. right? And obviously there's no way we'll ever really be able to tell how many people don't agree with this and they're just following the masses, but... And then there's, but the end, at the end of the day, Lincoln, the human fallout, the human tragedy here. Last question on that theme. Mr. Wilson is not going to bend the knee when the deadline comes for the suspension without pay to be termination with cause. He's not getting the double jabs. What he does get is an economic death sentence. Um, my heart breaks for people like Curtis and, and so many others, uh, Lincoln. Um, People say, hey, it's not mandatory. No one's holding it down and forcing a needle into your uh, arm. But when you give a man a, an economic death sentence, that's about the next worst thing that can happen to you, I think. Yeah, and what's he supposed to do? Like, ho I, hopefully he's going to have luck finding some new work. Again, it's not set in stone that he actually is terminated. Uh, as mentioned in the video, they are actually talking about some sort of alternatives with uh, rapid testing, etc. So who knows, they could have a complete change of hearts and people like Curtis are going to maybe have their jobs back, but those deadlines are coming and uh, it's not looking great, to be honest. Okay. Well, I hope so, Lincoln. You did a great video and he seemed like such a likable guy, so good work there. Thank you. And folks, keep it here. More of Rebel Roundup to follow right after this. Holy propaganda tactics. Just how desperate are Canada's doctators when it comes to getting the COVID-19 vaccine into the arms of our children? Well, how about this? They are actually using fictional characters plucked from popular culture to promote the gross theme that it is cool to get jabbed. Case in point, recently Ontario's Peel region, population 1.51 million, actually employed the Cape Crusader in a one minute long video in an effort to get kids to get the jabs. Holy pin cushions. Indeed, Peel Public Health tweeted out a whiz bang one minute long video featuring Dr. Lawrence Losom, or I mean Dr. Lawrence Lowe, actually recruiting children five to 11 to get vaccinated with the assistance of Brampton Batman and his Brampton Batmobile. This is different. The last time we saw you, you didn't have the Batmobile. I didn't. I had a goal and finally achieved it. Decided to walk back and forth to my job. Here's the result. Here is the result. Holy cinemascope. Now folks, you won't find that video online anymore. It's been yanked like it never happened. And more on that later. But I had my very own boy wonder record this video with his cell phone camera before it was eradicated from cyberspace. Here, check it out. Coming soon to a Peel vaccine clinic near you. This battle began in January, the year 2020. With over 117,000 cases of COVID-19 in Peel, it's been a tough fight. We've missed special occasions, families, friends. We've even experienced online schooling. You have been the real heroes throughout this. With over 2.5 million doses of vaccine given right here in Peel, COVID is starting to give up ground and we're finally starting to win. We need you. There are many battles left to fight, and losing is not an option. We're calling on our heroes. If you're five, 
6, 7, 8, 9, 10, or 11 years old, it's almost your turn to get the vaccine, get protected, and protect those around you. Yep, whether you're a marketer peddling beer or a Marxist promoting ideology, the slogan is the same, folks. <laughs> get them young, get them forever. In any event, you had plenty to say about top public health officials shamefully employing kid-friendly characters to get young children to get the COVID-19 jab. Ragman X writes, Batman would never condone this injustice. In fact, Batman would drag the people responsible for this mess out into the street, hang them upside down from a skyscraper, and peel a confession from them to set the record straight before calling the police to arrest them after leaving them neatly muzzled and crying. Oh, I agree. The Cape Crusader was never a stooge for big government or big pharma, for that matter. Are you taking notes, Brampton Batman? Martin Mellenbacon writes, Batman, bat viruses, etc. Is it a link here? <laughs> you know what? I guess they didn't think that through, did they? I mean, holy upset stomach. Wasn't it once thought that it was bat soup in Wuhan that was ground zero for the pandemic? Or is mentioning that these days racist or something? Daniela Costas writes, I am appalled at how our so-called trusted authorities and doctors included think that they can now make commercials to sell to our kids, not the latest toy, but the latest experimental medical treatment without any importance to a real need for it or possible negative outcomes. It is completely immoral and utterly overstepping societal boundaries. It's a crying shade. Well said, Daniela. What they are doing with these kid-friendly jab campaigns, you're right, it's not illegal, but it is certainly unethical and it's immoral. Kat L writes, I'm beyond repulsed by the propaganda. Keep up the expose, rebel. We will indeed, Kat. You know, funny how Peel Region thought Batman was appropriate to peddle their COVID propaganda. If they had to use a DC character, my suggestion would be the supervillain Scarecrow. After all, just like Low, Tam, Henshaw, and Davila, Scarecrow specializes in fear tactics. KJS writes, Geez, Rebel is so pathetically desperate for anything to spin into some kind of stupid controversy. Well, KJS, I respectfully disagree. There's no spin here. In fact, Peel Region pulled the Batman ad, and they won't say why exactly. Obviously, many others had a problem with this odious campaign. <laughs> Don't shoot the messenger. Lao Tor writes, they'll bring out the Paw Patrol Pops and Thomas the Tank Engine when baby vaccines are mandated. Oh, please, Lao, don't give these MDs, as in medical deviants, any new ideas, will you? And Balthazar Gapka writes, for the first time in history, the ineffectiveness of a medicine is being blamed on those who refuse to take it indeed. And you know, where or oh, where is the Justice League or the Mighty Avengers when you really, really need them? Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great weekend. 
And always remember, folks, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.